Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Good Thursday morning, a historic day in Washington. Yeah, the road to the White House runs straight through the Supreme Court. Good morning. It's February 8th. This is Today. Stakes, a showdown at the Supreme Court today over whether former President Trump can be banned from the ballot. The issue, should his involvement in the January 6th insurrection prevent him from serving again? We'll break down the landmark case and the impact it could have on the 2024 election. Retaliation. The U.S. carries out a new drone strike in Iraq, targeting a high-level militia leader accused of plotting a deadly attack on American troops. Another escalation to the tensions in the Middle East. We're live in the region. Chaotic scene. Medics being dispatched now for a shooting victim, 11-year-old female. Gunfire erupting in a Philadelphia suburb overnight. Two officers shot. A house up in flames. Several people, including children, now unaccounted for. As investigators piece together what happened, we're live at the scene. Tragic discovery, five Marines killed when their helicopter went down in the remote California mountains while trying to fly through a winter storm. We're live with new details just released about the crash. Those stories plus, hanging it up. The days of the home landline now numbered. This is for when the power goes out. Why some major companies are preparing to phone it in for good. And questions and antlers. Go faster! A moose on the loose chasing skiers at a popular vacation destination. The wild encounter caught on video. Today, Thursday, February 8th, 2024. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuppy. From Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning, guys. Good to see you. Welcome to today. Happy you're joining us on this Thursday morning, 7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. here out east, which means the Supreme Court is now in session. And today, justices will begin hearing arguments in an historic case. The issue, can Donald Trump be excluded from Colorado's primary ballot after the Colorado State Supreme Court ruled that he could not appear on the ballot there, citing a section of the 14th Amendment of the Constitution that bans those who engaged in insurrection against the United States from holding federal office. And the key questions were the events of January 6th and insurrection. And if so, did Donald Trump participate in them? NBC's Laura Jarrett is right outside the Supreme Court, where the case could have some major consequences this morning. Laura, good morning to you. Hey, Hoda, good morning to you. For a long time, this case was viewed as something of a legal sort of just an academic debate. But now that it has actually reached the Supreme Court, the ultimate result is far from clear. This morning, a legal case that could rock the race for the White House, now in front of the U.S. Supreme Court. Former President Donald Trump hoping to reverse an unprecedented decision, Colorado going where no state had gone before, disqualifying the Republican frontrunner from the primary ballot this year, 
all because of his actions in the last election. We fight like hell. In a four to three decision, the Colorado Supreme Court finding Mr. Trump ineligible to run for president under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which disqualifies any officer of the United States who takes an oath to support the Constitution and then engages in insurrection from holding public office again. Krista Kafer is a conservative columnist who voted for Mr. Trump in 2020, but now one of the six voters serving as plaintiffs in Colorado. For someone who might look at this and say, Krista, why don't I just let the voters decide? What do you say to that? Former President Trump didn't want to let the voters decide, right? He tried to disenfranchise 80 million Americans that had voted for Biden. Mr. Trump's lawyers argue the 14th Amendment's disqualification clause shouldn't apply to him at all, predicting, quote, chaos and bedlam if the high court doesn't rule in his favor. I really believe they're going to leave the people to vote. Colorado and Maine, outliers among the majority of states that rejected or dodged the wave of lawsuits to kick Mr. Trump off the ballot in recent months, a new poll finding Americans divided on the issue, with 41 percent supporting the efforts to disqualify the former president, 36 opposed to it. So, Laura, as we know, this case is specifically the one that comes out of Colorado, but the court's decision, whatever it is, will have a wider impact, won't it? Absolutely, Savannah. On paper, this is just about one state, but given the gravity of the issues here, the Supreme Court knows that there are dozens of other cases out there and ultimately likely to produce a decision that applies to everyone in all states, Savannah. All right, Laura Jarrett at the court for us. Thank you. Let's turn now to the escalating tensions in the Middle East. The U.S. carried out a drone strike in Baghdad yesterday, killing a high-ranking leader in a powerful militia. Military leaders say he was directly responsible for attacks on American troops. NBC's chief international correspondent, Keir Simmons, is in Iraq. He's got the very latest for us. Hey, Keir, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning to you. This is the first precision strike against a high-value target here in Iraq since those U.S. service members were killed. A U.S. official telling NBC News that Iraq was not told about the strike until after it happened. It all comes as the U.S. continues to try to push for a diplomatic solution to that ongoing war between Israel and Hamas. This morning, new details emerging of a deadly U.S. strike inside Baghdad. A precision drone incinerating a vehicle, killing three. An assassination so targeted, cars close by appear undamaged. Among those killed, Abu Bakr al-Sa'adi, one of the leaders of an Iranian-backed militia accused of a drone attack on a U.S. base that left three servicemen and women dead. President Biden ordering the strike early last week, a U.S. official telling NBC News. Last night, the official says, the opportunity presented itself. U.S. Central Command saying in a statement, U.S. forces conducted a unilateral strike in Iraq in response to the attacks on U.S. service members. But in the aftermath, a furious crowd chanting no to America, no to Israel, while the militia targeted last night vowing revenge and promising more missile attacks. Kurdistan's prime minister in Iraq, a U.S. partner who helped fight ISIS, says there are still threats in the region and America must not walk away. We have always been in the uh, forefront of uh, fighting terrorism as friends, as allies, that we need to be capable enough. You need American support for that? We do need American support for that. The ongoing war in Gaza escalating tensions in the region with no signs of a ceasefire. A Hamas proposal that included the release of large numbers of Palestinian prisoners 
firmly rejected by Israel's Prime Minister, even with US Secretary of State Blinken in the country. While there are some clear non-starters in Hamas's response, uh, we do think it creates space for agreement to be reached. And Hoda, just to bring people up to date on the numbers in Israel and Gaza now, uh, 27,708 are dead in Gaza, according to the health ministry in Gaza, which is, of course, ruled by Hamas. More than 1,200 dead in Israel, 136 hostages still in Gaza, as many, including as many as six U.S. citizens, Hoda. Just heartbreaking. And the war been going on since October 7th. Um, all right, Keir Simmons. Keir, thank you so much. We go to Washington now where the wheels of Congress grinded to a screeching halt. A bipartisan deal on the border blew up after Republicans decided to back out and efforts to provide aid to Ukraine and also Israel at a standstill now. So now what? NBC's Ryan Nobles has the latest from Washington. Ryan, good morning. Savannah, good morning. There is a long to-do list on Capitol Hill, and Congress isn't making much progress. The dysfunction, a byproduct of Republicans unwilling to bend on key issues. It led to the breakdown in negotiations around the border, and there is no end in sight. The chaos on Capitol Hill is showing no signs of slowing down. We've struggled. Uh, people know. Less than 24 hours after Republicans effectively killed a bipartisan deal to address the border crisis and provide aid to Ukraine and Israel, the Senate's attempt at a new push to provide the aid without the controversial border provisions is stalled, leaving Congress searching for answers as to what could break the impasse. You think House Republicans are as interested in bipartisanship at this point? Well, what they're going to have to do is show their ability to govern, right? Republicans were under massive outside pressure including from former President Trump to kill the border deal. Lead negotiator and staunch conservative James Lankford speaking out yesterday. I had a popular commentator that told me flat out, if you try to move a bill that solves the border crisis during this presidential year, I will do whatever I can to destroy you. Because I do not want you to solve this during the presidential election. Some in the GOP saying now is the time to focus. And no, we're not going to just pass the buck and say that, oh, any president could walk in and secure the border. I saw former President Trump make that allegation earlier today. Well, with all due respect, that didn't happen in 2017, 18, 19, and 20. House Republicans remain entrenched in their all-or-nothing position. Most of my voters would love to see this place shut down because they don't think it works for them. The speaker promising things will get better. We're governing here. Sometimes it's messy. As the crisis in places like Eagle Pass, Texas, continues. I'm hoping that the federal government will cut a deal and completely stop this madness. But for now, there's no path toward providing assistance. And the hope of Capitol Hill being the source of relief is dwindling. And the Senate does plan to take another crack at moving that foreign aid package without the border provisions forward this morning. But even if it passes the Senate, there are no guarantees in the House where Speaker Johnson has already warned he may not even be willing to bring the package to the floor for a vote. Savannah. All right. Ryan Nobles, thank you very much. Let's move now to a chaotic scene overnight in Pennsylvania, a shooting and a house fire in a Philadelphia suburb. This morning, two police officers are in the hospital, at least six people including children, are unaccounted for. NBC's George Solis is at the scene with more on this story. Hey, George, good morning. 
Hoda, good morning. That raging inferno now under control. Firefighters unable to go in yesterday afternoon over concerns. There may have been an active shooter. Now this morning, officials are gearing up to go inside of the home to begin that search for a shooter or shooters, shooters those unaccounted family members. This morning, at least six people missing and two police officers shot after a tragic scene in a Philadelphia suburb. Shot Authorities say two officers were responding to a 911 call around 4 p.m. reporting an 11-year-old girl was shot at this house. A gunman inside then opened fire on officers. Shot to come from inside the house. Two officers shot. Shortly before, the house caught on fire, leaving at least six members of the family inside unaccounted for. And then all of a sudden, I heard six or seven gunshots. Cop caught down on the ground, I ran and took off. Two officers were struck and were dragged out of danger, sustaining non-life-threatening injuries. During the chaotic exchange of gunfire, a fire erupted inside the home. Officials say firefighters were unable to put out the blaze because of the active shooter situation. The, the police officers in the fire department who were out there, there were still shots coming out at the beginning of this uh, fire scene. Authorities say they are unable to identify the shooter or the missing residents, but say they include children. We are aware that there are at least six to eight people who are unaccounted for from that family. It is our terrible fear that they may be inside that house when it was burned. We are hopeful that that is not true. Officials are expected to provide further updates this morning. Once investigators are able to safely enter the home this morning, those two officers that were injured were told are veterans on the force and are expected to make full recoveries. Hoda. All right, George Solis for us there uh, outside of Philly. George, thank you. Turn to Craig now and a frantic search for Marines mm -hmm. this morning. Indeed, Savannah Hoda, good morning. Good morning to you as well. Rescue teams as we speak combing through a remote mountainous area that's east of San Diego because that's where a military helicopter went missing Tuesday during what's being described as a routine training flight. They were flying through a major winter storm at the time. We're going to check in with Al in just a moment for more on that weather system. But we start with NBC's Dana Griffin in San Diego. She has the very latest on this really challenging search. Dana, good morning. Craig, good morning. And a heartbreaking update this morning. All five service members have now been confirmed dead. President Joe Biden and the First Lady sending their condolences, writing in a statement, our military members represent the very best of our nation, and these five Marines are no exception. A heartbreaking end to the search for five Marines who were missing after a helicopter crash in California. This morning, all five are now confirmed dead. The Marine Corps saying in a statement, we will forever be grateful for their call to duty and selfless service. The military helicopter crashed in the remote snow-covered mountains of Southern California while flying through stormy weather on Tuesday night. The aircraft was found Wednesday morning in California's Cleveland National Forest in southeast San Diego County. In a previous statement, the Marines said the five members of the 3rd Marine Aircraft Wing were flying in a CH-53E Super Stallion helicopter like this one, the largest in the U.S. military. They were on a routine training flight from Creech Air Force Base in Nevada to Marine Corps Air Station Miramar in California when the aircraft disappeared from radar nearly 50 miles from its destination. Investigators already considering if weather conditions at the time, including rain and snow, played a role. Just one of the most capable aviation units on the face of the earth. They're normally capable of handling all this, but in this case, obviously something went uh, badly wrong. 
The same type of helicopter crashed in the same area in California in 2018, killing four Marines. Their families later sued manufacturers who supplied parts to the military. The cause of this latest crash still unknown. A military spokesperson tells me that these Marines were actually located yesterday, but the priority was notifying next of kin. Their names will be released Friday. Craig? All right, Dana Griffin for us there in San Diego. Dana, thank you. All right, we turn to Alan actually looking out west as we speak. Yeah, you can actually see that storm moving through Southern California, through San Diego as well. The good news is the, the rough weather for the most part now just about over throughout Southern California. Now we've got a few strongs moving into the Midwest, areas of snow in the Rockies and the Northern Plains. Then as we move into tomorrow, showers develop down through the Carolinas, Tennessee River Valley. Snow will end across the upper Midwest. And then Saturday, another big storm gets itself together. Texas, we're looking at this stationary front, pushing in, bringing beneficial rain for the lower Mississippi River Valley. Then Sunday, that surface low gains strength in the lower Mississippi River Valley. We've got severe storms possible on Sunday in Texas, Louisiana. Then we move on into Monday, rain into the mid-Atlantic, back behind it, snow from Cincinnati, Cleveland into upstate New York, but rain along the coast with windy conditions. And then Tuesday, storm moves off the New England coast, much colder air comes into the northeast in mid-Atlantic states. Through Monday morning, we're talking anywhere from one to three inches of rain through the southeast in the lower Mississippi River Valley. Could see some light snow here in the northeast, but it's probably right along the coast going to be mostly rain. The heavier snow will be inland sections of the northeast and on into New England. Got a big warm-up coming. We'll talk about that in the next half hour. Oh, really? nice. Coming up, look at how football fans are going all in this week in Vegas. Kaylee Hartung. It's live and direct. Hello. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Welcome to the Super Bowl experience. This is the ultimate playground for football fans. Do you want to try your luck at a field goal? How about a 40-yard dash? Or test how precise your passing is. Yeah, mine's not, but you can do it all here. All right, we look forward to it, Kaylee. Also, Prince William breaking his silence. His first comment since his father, King Charles, was diagnosed with cancer. We'll tell you what he said overnight. The first. This is today on NBC. Addie. Hey, did you know there's a little pink pill? Wait, a what? A little pink pill? Did you say a little pink pill? Yes, the little pink pill. You definitely need to know about this. Are you for real? Just to be clear, you're telling me there's a little pink pill for me? That's right. The little pink pill. And it's called Addy. A-D-D-Y-I or Flavanserin. Learn more about the little pink pill at A-D-D-Y-I.com. See full prescribing information and medication guide, including boxed warning regarding severe low blood pressure and fainting in certain settings at Addy.com slash P-I or call 844-PINK-PILL. Good news, ladies. There's more. Addy, the FDA-approved Little Pink Pill, is also affordable and can be shipped directly to your front door. That's right. With insurance coverage, Addy is only $20 per month and $0 after month three. If your insurance doesn't cover Addy, there is still a discount program to get you the best possible price and get free shipping right to your door. So now's the time to ask your doctor about Addy. Learn more at Addy.com. That's A-D-D-Y-I.com. now. That is a moose on the loose. And if you ever needed a little extra motivation to ski faster, 
Get a moose running 300 miles an hour right behind you. Look, did you ever know that a moose could go that oh, fast? He's charging down the mountain. Oh it's his Jackson Hole in Wyoming. The guy who took the video was like, I did not have moose chasing us down the mountain on my bingo card today. Thankfully, he didn't run into anyone and no one was hurt. Oh my God. But that moose is making tracks. Look that at that. Is crazy. A lot of folks don't fully appreciate how big moose are. I mean, yeah. moose, they're. Gargantuan. Yeah, I bet the guy behind he appreciated it. And the plural of moose is moose. Moose. Just double yeah. checking. Yeah. Right. How about fish? Fish. Fish. About deer. What about shrimp? Shrimp, deer, moose, and fish. Okay. If you have any more, let us know. All right, let's move on now, guys. Uh, let's go into the royal family. Overnight, Prince William speaking out about his father's recent cancer diagnosis. And his wife, Princess Kate's own hospital stay. NBC's Molly Hunter has the latest for us from Buckingham Palace. Hey, Molly, good morning. Hey, guys, good morning from a very rainy Buckingham Palace. Now, Kensington Palace says that Prince William is doing the balancing act of supporting Kate, the Princess of Wales, and, of course, their three kids, but also these stepped-up royal duties. Well, last night we saw him decked out at an event right here in London with Tom Cruise by his side. Take a look. For the first time since his father's cancer diagnosis, Prince William is back to work and addressing his family's health scares. We really appreciate everyone's kind messages. Thank you. I'd like to take this opportunity to say thank you also for the kind messages of support for Catherine and for my father, especially in recent days. Kensington Palace saying that Kate, the Princess of Wales, is still recuperating at home while William balances his return to public duties, attending a gala for London's Air Ambulance charity, even cracking a joke. The past few weeks have had a rather medical focus, so I thought I'd come to an air ambulance function to get away from it all. The event bringing in the stars, including Tom Cruise, a longtime supporter and sometimes pilot. And Tom, if you wouldn't mind not borrowing either of the new helicopters for the next Mission Impossible, it would be appreciated. Williams started out the day performing investitures at Windsor Castle. As brother Harry was spotted back at Heathrow Airport 24 hours after racing to his father's side. The relationship between Charles and Harry is on the mend. Although the meeting was short, it was on medical grounds that that meeting was short. And King Charles still out in the countryside today, speaking with Prime Minister Rishi Sunak on the phone yesterday and plans to continue his state duties, including his weekly audience with Sunak, at least for now. Now, guys, we're used to seeing Prince William and, of course, the Princess of Wales when she's out doing royal duties at these glamorous events, though. We will start to see William pick up more of these kind of mundane day-to-day duties, though, that his father does. And later today, you guys, we will actually see Queen Camilla out. She's also doing that balancing act, of course, supporting her husband while he's recovering and also keeping up a full schedule of royal duties. Guys? All right. Molly Hunter Force there at Buckingham Palace. Molly, thanks. All right. Let's get to the countdown to the Super Bowl. Just three days now. The Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers will take that field in Las Vegas. It's already become one of the most lavish and expensive Super Bowls in history. Now, Kaylee Hartung's been there all week for us. She's been getting a, a bit of a taste of the high life there in Sin City. Kaylee, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. All week I have been telling you that the party was already rolling here in Las Vegas. Well, just like Usher, I have a confession. I need to recalibrate. I'm now going to say at Monday we were at a four. Now we're at an eight. And with the opening of the Super Bowl experience, it's clear by Sunday we're going to be off the charts. Let's go Niners! Super Bowl excitement is surging in Sin City. Football fans from all over the country getting in on the action at the Super Bowl experience as they test their skills and run some drills. Do you have a touchdown dance for me? Oh, look at her go! 
All week, the clash between the 49ers and the Chiefs has lit up Vegas. Now, with just three days until kickoff, ticket sales are spiking. The price for a single seat at Allegiant Stadium averaging nearly 9,000 bucks. Are you going to the game? We can't afford it. Neither can I. <laughs> and no one does luxury like Las Vegas. This is how high rollers will watch Super Bowl 58 in style. 146 private suites, some going for more than a million dollars. That hefty price tag even giving fan favorite Mama Kelsey some sticker shock when she joined the Today Team. I have a feeling I'm not in a box. I have a feeling oh. I'm in the stands. <laughs> For those who can score a box seat, you'll have prime views of the action, unlimited drinks, and a menu fit for a Super Bowl champion. What can ticket holders get here that you can't get anywhere else? So you're getting lobster, you're getting steak, you're getting sushi. It's just over the top. Because that's what Vegas does best. Of course. But even those who won't be one of the lucky 60,000 inside Allegiant Stadium on game day are getting ready for it. Swifties gearing up for themed Super Bowl parties and prop bets inspired by the pop star. The sports betting website BetOnline has 89 Swift-related wagers, including how many seconds will Swift be shown on TV and will boyfriend Travis Kelsey propose post-game? A question the tight ends skillfully dodged on Wednesday. Who's going to go ring first, the Niners or the <laughs> I'm hoping I get this ring on Sunday, I know that. In all, a record $23 billion in gambling wagers is expected this year. And fans are going all in. What do you think the final score of this game is going to be? Chiefs, uh, 50, and 49ers, zero. zero. Oh, okay. Lola. Oh, 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 I like that. All right, Kaylee, uh, we're not talking enough, I don't think, about Usher and the halftime performance. What's going to happen there? Are there any special guests or what's all the buzz about? And we're getting a few more breadcrumbs this morning, guys. So keeping with this theme of Vegas making everything more extravagant, the R&B legend has revealed his set is going to be two minutes longer than shows wow. past. And he is going to have some special guests. We don't know who yet. He's also gotten some advice from past performers, including Katy Perry. So get ready for 15 minutes of hits and some surprises. I bet you Justin Bieber shows up with so. him. Yes, I, I hope don't so. You think? I think Lil John has to be Lil there. Yeah. Ludacris has to be seems there. Like a, Gary, seems like Nicki Minaj. Oh, that would be quite. And two it, minutes longer. It, yeah, it's gonna be good. All right, Kaylee, thank you so much. Looking forward to it. Coming up, guys, a hot topic with parents. So, if your kid has a cough or the sniffles yeah. or a little bit of a fever, should they still go to school? Moms and dads are getting mixed messages, so we are going to try to clear up that confusion. First, though, a call back to the old days of the landline. Our Joe Fires, he's going to tell us why dial tones and those curly cords are about to maybe go away for good. We'll have that for you right after this. All right, we are back with In-Depth Today. Some bad news. For people who, like these, who are keeping their phones around their house, you might have to say goodbye to it. Uh. About a quarter of adults in this country actually still have one of these, but phone companies are starting to phase out the old school service. NBC's Joe Fire has a closer look. I'm going to call him. Joe, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Yeah. So in our household, we just got rid of our landline a little over three years ago, which means like most adults, we only use cell phones. As landline use plummets, phone service providers are investing in newer technology. But some landline users just aren't ready to say goodbye to the old tech. 
Like the curly Q cord immortalized in Sleepless in Seattle, the landline connects us to the past. The drama of Mean Girls. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. Horror of Scream. I'm looking for a Mrs. O problem. First name, B. Come on, guys. Do I have a B.O. problem here? And the humor of a prank call by Bart Simpson. Even today, it's hard to hang up. And this is for when the power goes out. With the landline becoming a punchline on social media. We actually still have a landline phone here in this house. Jay Zagorski is an associate professor at Boston University's Questrom School of Business and is part of the 26% of American adults who still have a landline. He just can't always rely on his cell. I do a fair number of interviews and the internet isn't always working. You don't always get good sound quality. But he knows landlines are fading away. As recently as last week, phone service providers have made moves to stop servicing traditional landlines. Comes as they replace the copper wires used for those landlines with faster technologies like fiber optic and wireless. But that worries those who feel the old school landline is a lifeline. More reliable if the power goes out during a storm or hurricane. Can you hear me now? More trusted than spotty cell phone service in rural areas. So there's going to be some problems, especially in rural areas, if landline phones completely disappear. Experts say landlines will eventually totally transition to wireless and fiber technology, something Van Agens already uses. What is that? That is a rotary phone. It was pretty inexpensive to get, and it's, it's more of like a novelty. We spoke with Robert Frieden, a telecommunications professor at Penn State. He says in the big cities, the top 100 urban markets, we could see that traditional landline service end in the next two to three years with other smaller places taking longer. Back to you. Oh. 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 Long? Uh, we don't anymore. No. Do you? We do. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're, still, we're, we're holding on. We're, yeah. like, we're like Luddites yeah. in the Melbourne you do. house. You, you I park think a stagecoach in the garage <laughs> as well. Yeah. I tried to hang on, but my provider just yeah. gave up. Fiber and so they hung up on you. We're out. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's something nice when so you, you really had an argument with somebody. Bam! Uh, you slam uh, that uh, Oh, you can't do that with a uh, flip phone. uh, Not the same thing. Anyway, back in the day here in New York, you used to call to get the weather. WE61212. Well, you can't do that anymore either. That's right. You're going to call. Well, you're going to call some warm temperatures up because it's going to be 10 to 30 degrees above average around the Great Lakes into the mid plains. Look at this. Uh, Saginaw, Michigan could set a record today. 58. Peoria, 61. Come close to a record. Could be a record in Minneapolis. 53 degrees. Williamsburg going to be warm. Plattsburgh tomorrow, 47 degrees. We could see that break a record. Toledo, Ohio. Springfield, Illinois. We're looking for some warm temperatures. And then cooler air comes in behind that system. So temperatures dip by Monday. You're in 46. D.C. Monday, 53 degrees. 55 in Nashville after Saturday's high of 66. And that's your latest weather, guys. Thank you, Al. Well, coming up, for some, it may feel like yesterday. But this week marks 60 years since the Beatles invaded Mm. America. And Harry Smith takes a look back at the excitement and frenzy that changed music forever. Before there was Taylor Swift, there were the Beatles. Beatles, All right. Guys, coming up on Popstar, (laughs) guess what we're revealing? Billboard Woman of the Year. Any picks? Anybody? Taylor? You know, Bob. You know who? It may surprise you. Oh. oh. Or it may not. But first, there's some of the hottest jackets around worn by stars like you know who. So we'll meet the designer who makes them by hand and hear how she's using the surge in popularity to do something pretty darn special. Addy. 
body. Hey, did you know there's a little pink pill? Wait, a what? A little pink pill? Did you say a little pink pill? Yes, the little pink pill. You definitely need to know about this. Are you for real? Just to be clear, you're telling me there's a little pink pill for me? That's right, the little pink pill. And it's called Addy, A-D-D-Y-I, or Flavanserin. Learn more about the little pink pill at A-D-D-Y-I.com. See full prescribing information and medication guide, including boxed warning regarding severe low blood pressure and fainting in certain settings at addy.com slash PI or call 844-PINK-PILL. Good news, ladies. There's more. Addy, the FDA-approved little pink pill, is also affordable and can be shipped directly to your front door. That's right. With insurance coverage, Addy is only $20 per month and $0 after month three. If your insurance doesn't cover Addy, there is still a discount program to get you the best possible price and get free shipping right to your door. So now's the time to ask your doctor about Addy. Learn more at Addy.com. That's A-D-D-Y-I dot com.